Hello and welcome to episode 103 of the In Squash podcast today. Uh, Holly Naughton is our guest and uh, really happy to have her on. Uh, she just returned from the Pan Am Games with uh, two bronze and a silver medal. Uh, and she's preparing now to, uh, to play at the, uh, f- the beginning of September in the China Open. Uh, she's had an eventful summer, obviously, with the, with the Pan Am Games, but also a bit of training there in, in, uh, at Cornell as well, uh, at Cornell with uh, David Palmer. Uh, prior to the Pan Am Games, she also spent some time with Martin Heath, and now she's on her way to uh, Pontefract, where she'll be uh, joining up with, uh, with Malcolm Wilstrip and his team there in preparation for the China Open. Uh, she also had some some uh, exciting uh, news uh, to report. She just had uh, four wisdom teeth extracted, so uh, hopefully she's overcome that. And I think she has. We talk a bit about that, and uh, you know her preparations for this year, how things went last year. She had a very uh, very good season last year, and and a few near misses. And we talk about uh, how they came about and how she plans to uh, to tackle those uh, issues in her game going forward. Uh, and her goal, I think, is uh, in 2019-2020 to break into the top 20. And uh, with any luck, that, that'll happen. Uh, the progress she made last year would indicate that it's, uh, that it's not too far off. So uh, enjoy this podcast with Holly. I really did. She's great, a great person to, to chat to. We had a really enjoyable conversation. I know you'll enjoy it. So uh, episode 103 with Holly Naughton. Well, uh, welcome back uh, today to uh, the In Squash uh, podcast, and this is episode 103, and uh, we're so happy to have on for the second time, uh, two-time Canadian national champion, currently uh, number 29 in the world. She's reached the top 30. I think she reached there back in March. Uh, She's just returned from the Pan Am Games, where she represented Canada and brought home uh, three medals, and now... I believe she's preparing for a first-round match in the China Open in about a week and a half, uh, playing against Zenya Makawi. Uh, Holly Naughton's my guest. Holly, uh, how's everything going? Everything's great, thank you. Um, just uh, trying to get the last bit of training in before the season begins. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You're, you're on your way to the UK, I think you mentioned, uh, maybe for some final preparations before, uh, I guess, China? Yeah, I head to the UK um, on Sunday. Uh, so I got about a week there before heading out to China just uh, to get the f- final little bits of training in and some good match practice and and see the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I think uh, if memory serves, uh, it was about this time, maybe this time last year when we spoke. Uh, and you, did you play in the China Open last year as well? I have actually never played in the China Open, so this okay. will be the first time. Maybe the Hong Kong Open. I, I thought you were heading yeah. over to Asia last year, or Macau or I something. Was. Yeah, I played the Hong Kong Football Club Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great spot. I, I, I've played there before, uh, that, that Hong Kong Football Club. And they have those kinds of clubs uh, all around uh, Hong Kong, the American Club, the Football Club, the Cricket Club, all those kind of uh, colonial British uh, uh, venues, which are quite, you know, quite nice places for, for families to, uh, to bring their, their kids and have uh, you know, weekend and fun activities and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. It's such a nice venue. Um, it's got a bit of everything to do there, and 
Um, everyone's so friendly. It's, it's quite a nice place to play. Yeah, the China Open uh, should be interesting, though. You're, you're playing, uh, is it uh, Zenya? Is, uh, Zenya Makawi? Yeah. 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 Zena, uh, yeah. Have you uh, played her before? I think you may have. I was, someone asked me this the other day. I'm not sure if we played. Mm. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, she's a, I mean, she's definitely, uh, uh, I recognize her name. She's definitely made a name uh, for herself. So it's not, uh, not, I guess no first round match is easy anymore, is it? No, definitely not. Um, I mean, going into that, I'm actually not seeded to win. So that's a little less pressure for me as well. Um, but yeah, I think the women's game right now is, it's, the depth in it is quite strong. And um, like you said, no first round is really a guarantee. Anything can really happen. Yeah, especially uh, when you've got a young Egyptian uh, uh, you have to play against too. So, I mean, they're, they're always uh, tricky regardless of uh, maybe where they're ranked. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one thing the Egyptians tend to have is the no fear. They kind of go out there and they just play and they don't really care who they're playing against. They're just going to do what they wanted, like what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, you were, uh, I guess you were recently at Cornell with, uh, uh, uh David Palmer. And then I guess pro no doubt prior to that, uh, you were working with Martin Heath, uh, for a little bit, I guess, anyways, uh, preparing for the Pan Am games. So, um, I guess how's your summer uh, training been this summer and has it been uh, any different? I would imagine it, maybe slightly different than what you're you're normally used to uh when you prepare in the summers sorry you just broke up then <laughs> okay yeah i was just saying uh, you you were with uh, uh david palmer at cornell i guess for for a little bit and then prior to that uh with martin heath uh preparing for the pan am games so i'm assuming uh perhaps that this summer's uh, preparation and the way you're feeling heading into uh China Open might be slightly different than, than the norm for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's always tough having a major games in the middle of the summer. Um, it kind of throws off your summer training quite a bit. Um, so I feel like it's kind of been a bit choppy um, and not quite what I normally would like to do in the summer. Um, not saying I haven't, don't feel prepared. It's just kind of smaller blocks and you kind of jamming it all in rather than being able to have different training periods. Um, so it definitely was a bit of a different summer to what I normally would have. But um, I mean, going to see David, that's part of my normal summer training anyway. So that's kind of normal, obviously training with team Canada. That's a bit different to what I normally would do, but, it was um, very beneficial. It's always good to be around all of them, and it just gives you a bit of different training to add in. Yeah, I, would, I mean, it seems to me, and I, I, I could be wrong with this, I mean, you've got a guy like Martin Heath. Uh, he's, a, he's a great coach he, uh, himself, uh, coaching for the, the elite program for Canada and Rochester. You've got David Palmer, and then um, I'm not quite sure who, who you're working with in the U.K., but uh, with the three, those three, uh, uh, I guess, pieces of uh, you know, bit of coaching, I mean, that's got to be quite beneficial to your game as well, just to get insight from three different areas that way. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, in the UK, I'm at Pontefract Squash Club with okay. Malcolm Wilshop. So I've been going there since I was about 13, um, kind of every summer um, heading over there to train with them. So I think I'm very lucky in that sense that I've always been able to have access to top coaches in our sport and and learning from them and can you know you can learn so much from people that's coached at such a high level and played at such a high level and I think I've been quite lucky with that yeah definitely well hopefully uh you know maybe with the dynamics of this uh, summer training the way the way it's sort of played out hopefully that plays out well for you uh for 2019 2020 of the season which is approaching uh now now you brought home uh, a bronze in the singles a bronze in the mixed and a silver in the team event at the pan am games i mean uh, that, that's incredible three medals you brought home so an impressive uh, haul for you so i'm just wondering uh now that the dust has settled uh, how happy were you with your accomplishments uh, there in Peru? Um, it was, it was um, a great experience. Um, obviously, as an athlete, you always want to achieve better. But um, to go from four years ago where I only got one medal in the team event, um, I'm obviously very happy that I managed to get three. Mm. Um, but it's always one of those tough things Actually, I think in individual sports is um, when you're on there and you're, you you bronze medals, you kind of feel down a little bit. I think um, mm. just because you're the one that's controlling it, and you always want to be pushing, do better. Um, I think it was a great experience and. I wouldn't change anything. I think it's a good starting block and obviously just making me hungrier for the four-year times, the next Pan Am Games. Um, but, I mean, it was a great addition. They've never had mixed doubles and I thoroughly enjoyed playing with Andrew. Well, it must have um, been fantastic uh, to play with Andrew. You know, uh, obviously, you know, he's retired from the pro game and that was his last, uh, uh, his last major event, I, I would say. So it must have been... Uh, you know, must have been something uh, special to uh, share that with him. Yeah, I mean, over the last, I don't know, eight years, um, competing with Andrew on the same team, and we've become quite good friends. Um, The Schnell family as a whole is just such a lovely family, um, and one that I've, I would say, I've become quite good friends with. And I, I wouldn't, I would have, you know, to be able to share those, the last games and last big tournament that he might ever play um, with him was very special and I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anyone else. And I feel like we got a little unlucky with the draw, um, but we gave it us all and that's all that you can do when you're out there. Um, so hopefully he'll come back and maybe play another one. Um, I'd love to play again with him, but... Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's got big goals and he's always striving for the next one, so I know he'll do well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess when it comes to, I mean, obviously you 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 were happy with with 
bringing home three medals, but uh, clearly you weren't entirely satisfied. I guess, you know, you did have a, you know, a legitimate shot, I, I would have said, to even get the gold uh, in the singles. And then also in, in the team event, there was that opportunity as well. Clearly, uh, perhaps you, you weren't exactly the favorite, but definitely uh, in with a shout. So I can see maybe why you might be slightly, uh, you know, at a personal level, slightly uh, disappointed. But at the same time, you did bring home three medals. So Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I think the even more special part was that um, me and Sam, we were the first medalists for Canada at the Games in oh, the yeah. individual event. Yeah. So, I mean, just being that alone is such an honour to kind of start the team off on, a, on any colour medal. It's a medal um, for the country. So, um, yeah, it was a great honour. And like I said, it's just going to push me for the in four years time to just keep working and obviously try and change these bronzes into golds <laughs> yeah for sure I, I i would imagine i i wasn't no i i think yeah i may have been in canada at the time of, of the pan ams but i'm just wondering uh did you you guys get any extra media coverage as a result of being the first um first medalist for canada in the pan am games um, uh, that, that would have been you'd think you might have got gotten a little bit of something extra there yeah, we got a little bit of extra for sure. I think um, it was it's good for squash. <laughs> yeah, great for squash. Um, definitely the Canadian Olympic Committee um, was behind us. It was really cool, actually. We, there was um, quite a few. Um, the chief for, um, or the chef, should I say, Chef de Mission, came to watch the squash quite a few times. Oh, yeah. We also had the... Um, Governor General of Canada, um, Julie, um, came to watch, which was awesome. Um, so I think it definitely helped bring a little bit more to the squash um, and get a few more influential people to come watch. Um, but it was definitely a different feel than in the Toronto when it was the games here. The media coverage definitely wasn't as big as it was in Toronto. Really? But yeah. I guess because it's just so far flung from the uh, from North America, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think obviously a home games is always different. You're always going to have a bit more media coverage. You're going to have more interest, more people there cheering for you. So yeah. it was it was a different experience, and it was it was good to experience it outside of country because obviously my first games were here in Toronto. Right. Right. Yeah, it would have been an amazing experience. And anyways, uh, congratulations on a, a really good uh, result. Three medals is nothing to to uh, be ashamed of, uh, obviously. So well done, uh, Holly, with that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Now, uh, just to, let, let's talk a little bit about last season. I, I had Martin Heath on a few episodes back, and we talked in just in general terms about how well the – or, you know, how, how things – really bode well for the uh, the Canadian women. So I think three within the top uh, 40 and yourself in the top 30. Um, but you all, I think all three of you had really big opportunities to, to beat players in the top, even the top 10 and the top 20 and just missed on a few occasions. So uh, for you last season, it was 
quite clearly. Uh, you have showed that you have the game to to beat girls in the top 20. Even in the top 10, you beat uh, Olivia Blatchford and had several other close matches with her, Emily Whitlock. And you almost uh, beat Laura Massaro and Tessney Evans, amongst others. But also you had a few losses to players slightly under under your ranking. So uh, just wondering in terms of that, like what have you been working on this season in an effort to get more of the big, big wins and, and doing that more consistently? Um, long, long it's question. A, it's a long <laughs> question, yeah. So it was a story <laughs> and then, then a question, yeah. Um, there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think last season was one of those where, yeah, like you said, I had so many close losses and um, in a lot of ways it was very disappointing going through it. But I think that's what's going to hopefully help me this upcoming season is now I kind of know I am in there. Um, and the more times you're in those situations, the more you get comfortable with it yeah. and learn to just keep playing rather than tense up or, you know, just change little things. And, and then you end up losing, especially at, with, against those girls at that level. Um, they're not top 20 for no reason. They're top 20 because they are consistent and they find ways to win when they are in matches where it gets close like that. So I think hopefully that's um, just being in more of those situations and figuring out how to just stick to my game plan and keep going um, and that self-belief. Um, I've been yeah. working with a psychologist to kind of work on just getting that consistency the whole time. Um, like you said, I have had a couple losses to people that are on the rankings below my level. Um, but again, it's it's a individual sport and on any given day, you're not going to be necessarily performing at your best. Um, right. And we I did speak just, to, to the depth of, of the game as well. I mean, uh, it's also... Uh, you know, there, like you said earlier, there are no easy matches uh, these days. Yeah, and that's exactly it. You know, you're slightly off and they're slightly up and you give a lower-ranked player a bit of an inch, they're going to take a mile if they can because everyone's wanting to have that breakthrough. And, um, and that comes back to that consistency and being in those situations a bit more and figuring out how to win with that B game and maybe C or maybe D game. Mm. Um, and being okay with that, um, maybe not the prettiest squash, but just getting the win however you can. Um, so I think that's kind of one thing we've been kind of working on is just getting that mental state to be a bit more focused for a bit longer um, and being okay, being uncomfortable on there. Mm. Yeah, that was something... Uh... I think Martin and I talked about a little bit is um, just uh, when you're in those situations, is it possible to actually to coach that? Is it possible to coach how to, to play in those big points? And I think what sort of we came, what, what we ended up with at the end of the, the discussion was just trying to stay to what you do well, stay to the process rather than, like you said, tensing up and maybe getting a, what they call that, the glass hand or whatever. Um, yeah, glass arm, yeah. Glass arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, you say, I mean, to me, uh, looking at the results where, where you've played, I mean, you, you've played really well, uh, and it seemed to happen in several tournaments in a row 
where you may not have won those matches, but you, you went to five in several uh, big matches like that. So you obviously have the grit uh, to be able to, to hang in there in those, in those five game matches. So doesn't that tell you that, uh, that you have what it takes to, to play against those girls when the going gets tough? Yeah, um, <laughs> I definitely feel like I, I, I'm in there and it's not like a million miles away. Um, I guess, it, again, it still comes back to that mental. Um, physically, I feel fine. Um, it's not like I'm getting to that fifth game and, and physically I can't push. It's uh, it's more of this mental push that we're kind of working on Um that's it's it's the mind's such a strange and powerful tool that I think takes a lot of mastering and you think you've got it and then it something else crops up and mm. you're back to square one well not necessarily square one but square one of another problem <laughs> um, right. uh, I, I just feel like in certain situations in the fifth game I feel very com- comfortable and confident um, but then for some reason, just against the top 20 girls, top 10 girls, I, I know that they're also going to be really good in that situation. And, and that's when they're going to push too. Um, and I think that's what I have to work on is kind of not thinking about that and just keep going like I would against other players. Um, but yeah, I guess it's, it's just, yeah, I know I've got the grit. I know that's all there. It's it's just this mind. <laughs> right, right. Well, I guess with uh, with more experience, uh, and you got quite a bit of it last uh, season, like you said, the more uh, the more you play in those big matches and get those opportunities, uh, the more likely it is that you're going to get the the what it feels like to win those matches, and that'll become part of your game as well. Exactly. Yeah, mm. I think. Uh, just it just takes time it's staying with the process and being okay coming out on the bottom end of the stick and for a few of them (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure now uh now i did uh we talked just before we we started the podcast i i had this question and here's how it read uh last see how it reads last season you started with um bit of an injury I think uh, and recently you just had a surgery so I, I was wondering if that injury and the surgery that you just had were interrelated but uh, as I now know they are not <laughs> no definitely not it's not it wasn't a massive surgery it was just one that made me not be able to uh, kind of get my heart rate up for a little bit um, not allowed to eat I mean, any any good steak uh, not allowed after. to eat steak. Got on liquid diet for a few days. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that's um, a good thing, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess I wouldn't, wasn't putting any weight on while I was <laughs> yeah. um, being able to exercise. Yeah, I, I had to um, get all my wisdom teeth out. Wow, um, mm. just over a week ago. So um, I went back to the dentist. Well, you sound yesterday. you sound happy and healthy right now. So that that's pretty good. I was. I re- I had mine out when I was in high school, all four. Yeah, I had the four taken out, and uh, yeah, it was painful. I I have been very lucky. I think um, I actually I took 
Advil the very first day when I went to sleep, just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had no pain. I took zero painkillers. Really? Um, I do, unfortunately, have a dry socket right now. So Ooh. I do have painkillers now that um, I can take when it gets bad, but mild dry socket. But um, I was lucky. I freaked out because everyone said how painful it was. Um, and really with the season faster, I was like, I can't afford for it to be two weeks off or <laughs> yeah, yeah. anymore. And you don't want, you don't want your body all jacked up with uh, painkillers. No, no. I'm someone that I really taking things. Um, yeah. And I'd be in serious pain to, to, to take anything. I like doing it. I don't like putting it into your body. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I took the first night and that was it. I haven't taken any pink up until yesterday when I spoke to the dentist and said, I've got this awful pain and my paws aching. And he said, hey, you've got dry sockets. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it lasts two weeks and said it disappears. So I've just got a week or so uh, that it could be bothering me and should disappear. <laughs> Well, I think there's something to be said then for the you know, the the difference between uh, pain thresholds of, of men and women because I was a baby, and, and I did. Uh, I think I, I, I consumed all the uh, the painkillers uh, fairly quickly, which uh, uh, and I didn't go back for more, but I could very easily have. They they were they 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 were pretty good. <laughs> Other thing, I was more scared. Obviously, they put you under, um, mm. I don't know, knocked out properly um, when you had yours out. But now I think they that's the standard in yeah, Canada. That, that's you, what they did for me, yeah. Uh, and that was what I was most scared about when I came around. I don't want to be saying weird stuff and being <laughs> out of control. Yeah. Um, did anyone have to, I, were you okay on your best behavior? Yeah, apparently I I got told to stop speaking because I was asking I was asking questions about when I could start exercising again. All okay. very normal questions, but yeah, yeah. the nurse goes, "You need to stop speaking." <laughs> and I had no idea at the time that I had gauzes hanging out of my mouth, but my dad <laughs> nicely took a picture for me. Okay. Um, but I had I had, I was obviously not quite with it. But I was asking right. very normal, sensible questions that were needed to be. There were serious questions. Yeah, when you, can I start exercising again? <laughs> yeah, you had to you had to plan your next day. You had to get get things yeah. uh, you know get things going exactly. Um, but well, yeah, it was it wasn't as bad as I thought, and um, I'm back up and running now. Can do everything. So got another couple weeks to get some hard training in, and then. They've got the China open. Awesome. Well, that's good. Good to hear you. Uh, you got through that one uh, unscathed then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I know uh, after, after the Pan Am Games, I, I had the luxury I, of speaking with Nicole David uh, a few weeks back here, and uh, she mentioned that she was in Colombia, and you were also in Colombia. And I noticed that, uh, I think it was on Twitter, there are a few pictures of you, Amanda Sobia and Nicole uh, were there. So it must have been a great uh, experience for you to be there with those girls, particularly uh, Nicole having just retired and what a legend uh, 
and great person she is. So just wondering, um, uh, was what you guys were doing there, if it was some training or uh, just doing some exhibitions or just a little bit of R and R with the ladies. It was a little bit of R and R with the ladies. We got a couple gym sessions in together. Um, did Nicole but, give uh, you boxing lessons? No, no, we were, we tried to go there, but we had something at the same time. So we couldn't go to the class, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but I do, I, we were laughing because I do kickboxing as a cross training in the summer as oh, well. Um, okay. That I, I love it. It's so good. It's mm. cross training. Um, you got to be super fit to uh, either boxing or, or that kind of kickboxing. You, I mean, you, you need the same type of uh, high end uh, cardio, don't you? Exactly. And it's, you know, I've, I think most squash players upper bodies are quite weak. So, I think it's such a good way to kind of get a bit more strength in there. Um, mm -hmm. And you have to be light on your feet, which is kind of like squash. So I think it's a great cross training. Yeah. Nick Sackfee's a big, uh, he's, a, he's, he's big into the kickboxing, isn't he? UFC style? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, uh, uh, we always talk more about uh, UFC than, than squash. That doesn't shock me. No, <laughs> but uh, what I mean, uh, I, you're 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 quite a bit younger than than Nicole. But uh, having spent time with her on tour and off the court, uh, what does she mean to you in terms of, of lady squash and and the game uh, in that regard, uh, Nicole David? I mean. It's Nicole David. She's, I think, will always be a legend in the squash world. Um, I think I hadn't really got to know her very well on tour. Um, obviously, I was much lower ranked and, like you said, a lot younger. So um, I only really came on this tour when she was a few years before she started to, I guess, realize that she wanted to playing yeah. um but i mean from i ever met her actually the world um team championships mm -hmm. in um Niagara and just so humble and nice and friendly and you know obviously has no idea really was but somehow she goes oh hi and i was like my name. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a miracle. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, every tournament I'd see, she'd say hi and smile. And she was like that with everyone. And for someone to have achieved what she achieved and still be so humble and kind um, was, is, it's very rare. I don't think you find that much in any sport. Um, and then not only that, just kind of, like you said, we were just in Colombia, and the last little bit, I've kind of got to know her a bit more. And I think it's just so incredible, everything that she's achieved and for her to still not quite understand, I think herself, what she has achieved. Mm. Um, and I think over the next year or so after now she's retired, I think it'll start to hit her and she'll start to realize that 
probably is going to be the greatest squash player ever um, yeah. on the women's side. Um, yeah. But it's it was really nice actually to pick a brain um, while we were in Colombia and kind of hear what she'd been through and everything and, and get a bit of advice from someone who is and was the best. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what's incredible to me, I mean, amongst so many, I mean, all the accomplishments that she's had, all the victories, all the world championships, world number one, never injured. Yeah. How, how's that yeah. possible <laughs> in a game like and that's, this? We, yeah. we spoke about that and, you know, I think I think that's what the amazing thing is. She just had such a great team around her and made sure that her body was in the best possible condition it could be in. And I think that's something that everyone should kind of take from her is how do you manage to do that for all those years and not really have any major injuries? It's pretty incredible. It is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, um, now there was one more thing, Holly, uh, that I wanted to ask you. And uh, I noticed on Twitter that you just um, you had your first ever CNE experience. Is that right? Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> that That's in, in the, the CNE in Toronto. The one in Vancouver is the PNE, I think. Uh, oh, CNE is okay. in I Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was there way uh, – I mean, I'm going to date myself, but back in the mid-'80s, uh, that was, I think, the first time. I'd been there, but how was the, how was the, um, how was the CNE experience for you? And what cool things did you, uh, did you get up to there? I know you were with maybe your, your nieces or cousins or some uh, children there. Yeah. So <laughs> it would have, I think I'm going to have to go back so I can eat all the food cause I'm still not properly eating feet. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I think I missed out on that part of it. Um, right. But yeah, we went, we have friends over from the UK right now. So I went with um, them and their son and then my neighbor's neighbor and her two girls. That was the little girls in the pictures. Okay. Um, and then I, and then another friend who has two kids. So there was a lot of kids there. <laughs> right on. Um, and I was the one that got, I'm going to air quote this, got, sacrifice to go on the rides with the kids <laughs> right right i know that one i know that feeling roller coaster did you have to go on the roller coaster uh, no 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 we're talking these kids are so the kids were two five Ooh, okay seven, little kids <laughs> so, so you had you had to go on the carousel yeah the carousel <laughs> the teacups yeah the teacup oh that's fine yeah um, I was volunteering. Who were we kidding? I loved it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a great fun. I had a fantastic day. Um, something different, obviously. Um, I don't really have much time in the summer to kind of go down there and just spend a day there. Um, so it was nice to, to go down and, and do something a bit different and, it was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, for you, I mean, that, that, those types of moments uh, uh, and also what you did in Colombia, I guess it just helps you uh, take a, a little bit of the edge off before you get back into uh, the swing of things. And, and I guess you need that, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it's very important to give yourself some rest um, and a bit of a break just so that mentally you can refocus and and be prepared for the season. Um, 
it's something that way back when I was a little girl, like 12, 13, um, my first coach, Mike Way, used to make me take a break. And obviously at that age, no kid really wants to take a break because they're not really tired. But um, from all the way back then, he kind of said, it's important to take that break. And then you, you want to keep playing and you want to come back. And so I think that's one thing I've kind of carried over is always trying to force myself, even if I don't want to, um, to take a break and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Um, so I think maybe blessing in disguise, these wisdom teeth and the trip mm. to the to Columbia, um, to have that last little break for the mind before heading into the season. Cause it's quite a busy season coming up. Absolutely. Some wisdom behind the wisdom teeth, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Hopefully not. My, my uh, aunt and uncle said, uh, oh, no, she's losing even more wisdom. This is never going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, Holly, uh, I just want to say uh, thanks a lot for that. I really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed talking to you today. And, uh, again, congratulations on the Pan Am Games. Congratulations on a great season last year. And we're really uh, – I'll be uh, I'm really uh, hoping things go well in 2019. 2020 for you. Thank you. And nice to talk to you again. That was really, really enjoyable, Holly. Uh, thanks again to her uh, for doing this. It's uh, That was her, her second appearance on the podcast. And uh, now I know why I wanted to have her back. She's just a, a great person to talk to. Really enjoyed that. A lot of fun. Uh, she's got a, a big season ahead of her. She had a really good uh, she, she improved on her ranking last year. She just missed out on a few uh, big wins last year as well. So, you know, if she can uh, make amends for those, and it sounds like she's taking the right steps to doing that, uh, the 2019-2020 campaign should be a really good one for her. So all the best uh, to Holly, and she kicks things off, as we talked about there, in China in a week or so. So uh, good luck to Holly. And again, thanks for, for joining uh, me today. And uh, everybody, uh, we've got, uh, I've got a couple of more here coming up uh, over the next few weeks, so stay tuned for those. Uh, we've got one, actually, I'm uh, going to be speaking with him tonight, Rob, uh, Rob Dinnerman. Uh, he'll be talking for the most part about the, the recent retirement of uh, pro hardball doubles legend uh, Damian Mudge, and he's been following the doubles game for many, many years. And I look forward to catching up with him. This will be uh, his third appearance. I always enjoy having him on because he's just such a fountain of uh, knowledge of all aspects of the game, but uh, particularly uh, the U.S. Uh, hardball variety and the varsity scene. And he'll talk to us about uh, as well about uh, Harvard's huge, huge uh, year last year, winning both the men's and women's uh, varsity squash titles uh, in in very, very dominant fashion. We'll be talking about that as well, along with, uh, I think, uh, Rami Ashore is a topic that he, he'd like to talk about because he did spend some time with Rami uh, in New York City, and he'll have uh, uh, an interesting take uh, on that as well. So stay tuned for that. Rob uh, Dinnerman uh, will be coming up on one of the, one of the more, uh, on an upcoming episode, probably the next one. So, uh, again, everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, enjoy your squash. I hope it's going well for you. We've got uh, 
or the squash season upcoming. So uh, get ready for that one, and I hope you hit the ground running. Uh, I'm hoping to do that as well. So uh, take care, and all the best with your squash, and I hope you uh, have a great day. Goodbye now.